This interview is made possible by my friends at Athens Screen Printing, HP Overhead Door Company, Speedy Tech Repair, Tinsley Law and Title, and Gibson Pharmacy. Their sponsorship allows me to provide free content to the community. Please say thank you by shopping these local businesses and by following each of their Facebook pages. Hey friends, this is Michael from Hannigan Media in the courthouse of County Judge Wade McKinney where uh, before we start we are talking about uh, podcasts that deal with the assassination of Abraham Lincoln in 1865 <laughs> yes. because uh, we're history nerds. Let's we face are. It. We are. We love history. And so, yeah. All right, but listen. As far as your county government today goes, we've got some very interesting things to talk about. Uh, and I want to get to something that I know a lot of people are going to be really interested about. And that is uh, faster internet. Hey, anybody out there want faster internet? <laughs> Me? Uh, I know I have heard that time and time and time again. And this past week, uh, the governor's uh, board, the governor's uh, broadband development council had a meeting. It was a virtual meeting, as all meetings are now. Uh, and Judge, you guys were not part of the meeting as far as being uh, active in it, but you were watching and you were in the meeting uh, observing everything that's going on. Before we get into all of what this means, give us a quick overview of what is this idea of the governor's broadband board, and and what are we talking about? Well, it's as everyone knows, the future is in technology and in communications. And everyone knows, going back from the days of, I can remember the original dial-up sounds that we used to hear when we... AOL. AOL, <laughs> you know, you have mail, you know. Oh, my gosh. To what you have today where we hear about 5G that's, that's coming, you have... Um, uh, dark fiber, you have all these different types of communications that are, there is not a standard set across that gives everyone equal opportunity and equal opportunities uh, for learning, for business, economic development, um, as, as we know, as our as our devices get smarter, you know, now we have refrigerators, we have all of these that are communicating. The Internet of Things. Ex exactly. And basically, it's been coming for many years, and Texas is so large and so diverse over many terrains, many, many hurdles are in the way, and the governor in the state of Texas has been trying to bring a cohesive approach to improving the broadband connections so that we can realize that economic development and all the things that we've spoken about. And with what we've experienced the last six months, it has only given more urgency to getting broadband capabilities out to the rural areas. All right, so let's start with some definitions because um, one of the things I learned a long, long time ago is that uh, if we're not working with the same definitions, mm -hmm. you're not going to be understanding each other. Right. All right, so broadband. When we say broadband, what we mean is fast, reliable internet, and it 
isn't a specific technology. Am I correct? That is correct. Um, Broadband internet can be delivered in so many different methods. It can be delivered wirelessly, like on our phones. It can be through um, fiber. Uh, It can even be run through electrical lines. It has to have a connectivity that is provided even from satellite. But broadband is basically just a level we're talking about. That is when we correct. say broadband, we mean that ability to like access the internet and be able to download things and do the things that we do on the internet now. Um, and it's not talking about a specific technology. So that's really an important thing to, to understand up front as we talk about these issues. Look at it this way. Our telephones were a single lane traffic going one way, back and forth. Back in the old days. Back in the old days. Yes. Broadband gives you a multi-lane mega highway. Right. So that you can move the same, you can move more information in the same amount of time instead of longevity, then turn it sideways. Which means that you can uh, listen to your podcast while I am watching uh, football. Right. Because everything we do is coming through everything internet now. Right. All right. Now, the broadband uh, meeting that was held this uh, this past week, um, the governor's board, uh, I am assuming that that is because the governor's office in the state realizes, hey, this is important. Yes, they do. This committee has uh, been charged by the governor to bring focus to what what may be the best deliverable options. And what they have found out is the fact that there is no silver bullet for broadband build-out in rural communities, referring to what we were talking about. There's no single way to get it there because of the circumstances vary because we are such a large state. Every place is different, and Mm -hmm. therefore the answer may be different for every different place, which makes it very difficult to figure out how you're going to get it. Right. In Texas, there are, I believe, roughly about five locations that are considered your core networks that are the source for everything that works out. You have Houston, Dallas, uh, San Antonio, uh, I think one over at Beaumont, and maybe one out in El Paso. These are the focal points for it coming in. And then you have a middle mile, which moves it out to the more rural areas. But then you have a thing that's called the last mile, which takes it from there to your house. And there are so many legacy systems in place with our telephone system. And it took a long time to build that out. So they're facing many factors. All right. So what we're talking about here, you're talking about miles. What we're actually talking about is just a break down of the system right so in a state the size of texas we have five major spots they're the big hubs right then they branch out to a medium-sized hub which Mm -hmm. we're calling the middle mile right and then from there it comes to my house right which we're calling the last mile the problem is that last mile has been difficult for Texas to deal with. It has. It has. And when you look at um, the back into history, into the build-out of your local telephone systems, they were very small and incrementally growing, and it took time to spread that out. And the same thing is happening here, even though we have 
better um, technology involved when you look at what Elon Musk is trying to do with, I think it's 27 satellites that they're putting up to try to beam exa- um, broadband internet directly to your home without that lag. They're trying that route. Um, there are fiber links that go to a, a wireless tower, which is being used. Of, well, I believe it's communities that we have, uh, community communications, I believe that's up north of Henderson County here that's following that route, trying to get out to the rural part of the area so that you do not have to have that large capital investment for that final mile of laying cable in the ground. So we are actually talking about we have gone from uh, putting actual cable in the ground to connect people Mm -hmm. to putting hanging things on uh, towers to try to connect people to literally putting things in space to try to connect people. And all of it falls under broadband. Every bit of it. Now, one of the things that I saw in the packet from uh, the meeting – was one line uh, that I want to talk about that would seemed uh, obvious to me, but I want to double check how you see this. And it was that um, broadband should be considered as infrastructure mm-hmm. if it isn't already. And what, what we mean by that is it should be looked at the same way as roads and bridges and old-fashioned telephone lines and electric wires. Right. You know, we had the rural electrification that happened in the in the 20s and 30s that uh, looked to be a good pathway as to follow when you're looking at the build-out of broadband. But given that we are closing in on 100 years since that last massive build-out, a lot of things have changed, and there is a strong leaning in today's day and age that the government rely on private industry to do that because of what has been proven to them that private industry can do it more efficiently and for a less cost than the government. So you have that argument going back and forth over the last 10 years on how best to deliver broadband access. And I believe it's going to take a marriage of the two together. All right. So let's let's ask this question then. Does government believe that broadband access is infrastructure? I believe they're coming to that understanding. Um, we know that locally. I, I was going to say, yeah, because we, that, that that sounded like a no to me, Judge. <laughs> well, you know, that's why they have groups together. To, you know, uh, this is, I know locally, when you're looking at a connected world, where you can be sitting at your home running a um, very profitable business right. that would be um, of up in the higher tax brackets in revenue, uh, you have to have this type of infrastructure to be able to grow and expand your operations and grow and expand your economy. And the further we go down the line, we know we're not going to go backwards in technology. And this is the the needs for the future. Yeah, when you talk about economic development, mm-hmm. when you're when you're talking about economic ve- development today, technology and the and and internet access and broadband access 
has to be very near the top of the list. Oh, it does. I mean, when you're talking about economic development, uh, we know for a fact that if you do not have that type of infrastructure to support those business models, they're not going to come here. All right. Or anywhere. Or anywhere, sure. All right. So government, and by that we mean state. State government, yes. Is is slowly coming to the realization that broadband equals infrastructure. What does that mean for a place like Henderson County? When you get a designation from the state or from any state that it is an infrastructure, then funding becomes more and more available for that capital investment to build the infrastructure. Uh, Whenever you're laying in that middle mile, as we were talking about earlier, that's that's the that's the middle point between the big hub and the final destination. Exactly. That traditionally, by means of if you look at any of the previous program through rural electrification, through the highway program, all of those type the interstate program, those middle miles are heavily funded by your state and federal government. It's in that last mile when your locals, when your locals begin, once it becomes available to them that way, then the locals take over and begin delivering that final mile. They did it in the telephone system. They did it in your road systems. As the middle mile is built out by those that have the true funding capabilities, then the locals come in and take it from there. So the state comes in and lays down State Highway 31, and the locals come in and build off of that. Exactly. Okay. What would that look like in Henderson County? Now, I know that there are some um, new developments, uh, upcoming developments in the county um, that I know you guys are really excited about. Tell us what the future of broadband might look like in Henderson County? It could come from several different (coughs) options. As I spoke about, uh, with the advancements of technology, um, with communications to satellites being provided by um, private industry, um, locally, if you have that middle mile brought in, then it takes an infrastructure set up for that final mile, and that can be towers. And you, you have to understand that if... You have a tower standing, it has to be able to connect to that fiber link. And if you can get a fiber link to a tower, put omnidirectional dishes on it so that an individual at home then has a dish at their house and points to that tower, then they can have an exceptional amount increase in their connectivity i'm talking you're going from uh sometimes 0.1.5 upload all the way to 10 and that is quantum leaps in capabilities so i um understand that the uh henderson county has some new towers (laughs) exactly yes we are in the middle of our uh, upgrade to our emergency communication system uh, with l3 harris and it is very similar to that because it is we are very it is a data 
moving system. That's when you, when we say digital nowadays, that's what we're talking about. We're moving data. Analog, we were using radio waves, we're using all of these others, but when we are talking about digital, we're talking about data. That's cellular, that's uh, anything that moves across our network communications, and basically that is what our system, L3 Harris, is, is that digital communication that it's the same mode of transport. It's pushing data, be it microwave, be it across fiber. So so I have to ask if that is something that's going up anyway, is that something that we could use to enhance broadband access in Henderson County? That is one of the possibilities, yes, that can be there. It's as we develop out our first priority, which is the emergency communication system. Yeah, got to make it what it's for to begin with. You have to make it what it's for to begin with. You have to have the tower infrastructure there. You have to have those in place to get up so that you don't have that cost if county is able to push that direction of the laying of cable down every street you know there are so many issues now is why they the um, phone companies and such haven't already done it with laying physical equipment in the ground but through the build out of towers plus there are many towers already in the county that are owned and able to be leased american towers one there's several companies that stand towers up there are now getting to be enough towers in the county that this can become an option so how long I mean, like, I know that people who are listening, uh, particularly uh, businesses that are listening, are thinking, okay, so how long between um, trading in my slow internet now for fast internet is it? How long are we going to be having to wait? Oh, that um, at this point in time, getting the towers situated getting the that infrastructure built is going to be to where we need it to be uh, a few more years but in the meantime we have several um, local companies that are also offering this service that are becoming available locally that are investing as well so depending on where your location is and proximity to that infrastructure it could be as easy as a phone call today Right. Or it could be coming in the near future. Right. Well, then that's where that's where the problem comes when you have parts of the county that are right. like obviously in dark zones. And I, I hear all the time from people I know, you know, oh, we like this area is so slow. We mm-hmm. can't get any kind of Internet or you can't get any kind of download. And it's particularly right now when you're talking about kids trying to do, exactly. you know, uh, uh, Zoom classrooms and things like that. It's even a bigger struggle because the county network overall is being stressed in a way it's never been stressed before. Oh, exactly. And that was even a part of the discussion where um, the TEA and its discussion in what they provided, you know, there was over a quarter of a million keyboard devices, almost half a million hotspots, equaling $139,000 in matching funds to buy this equipment to get that service out. And it is very difficult even when you do have it because of the limitations of being our rural nature. 
All right, well, we're going to keep an eye on this because yeah. uh, everybody I know, everybody I know mm -hmm. wants faster internet. They do. I do. <laughs> Believe me, I do at yeah. my location because yeah. I actually um, looked into being able to for another option. And due to my location where I live, it wasn't available. I had the old phone line system was all I could get because of my distance right. from some of that um, private business not, not, not You don't have the last mile yet. I don't have the last mile. No. Yeah, which is not good because uh, I know there are times um, when um, – my wife is doing a Zoom meeting at the same time. I'm trying to edit video or edit <laughs> podcasts or something like that. And oh yeah, it's not a but good thing. My wife working from from working from home because um, being that virtual office where you have mm -hmm. not only the download but the upload. Sure. And her cursor will not move as she's typing. Yeah. Uh, it's like somebody <laughs> there's a oh, yell yeah. going, "Get off the internet!" Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't I don't like that when I type and nothing happens. Thing. Yeah. It that throws you is off. not a good time. Is that limited from our typewriter experiences? No, nah, I don't know. I don't know. I think it's a writer thing. <laughs> a writer thing. All right. So um, the other thing I want to talk about today when we come to this is, um, you know, when we talk about technology and we talk about broadband, um, I think sometimes the county uh, or, or people will think, you know, hey, I know the county. They're still using Post-it notes. <laughs> um, yeah. and, and I would say to them that they were correct mm -hmm. a few years ago. Right. Um, but you have um, adopted with the county uh, Google Suites. Yes. Which uh, anybody who knows anything about Google, you have Google Docs, Google Sheets, uh, all the different Google products. Um, and it's kind of an integrated thing that you can share and whatever. It's become really big, Google Suites. You've also got Microsoft Teams that has a lot of that kind of stuff. There are different, um, there are different products that have these things. The one that the county uses is Google Suite. And you and I talked uh, recently about a very interesting way you've been using it. Um, and it had to do with an event that happened at Brownsboro a couple of weeks at a football game. Before we get into the technology, tell us real quick what happened at Brownsboro. As many know, a couple of weeks ago there was an incident where um, some attendees and even some um, individuals that attend school there were um, suddenly had the onset of dizziness, uh, nausea, and things of that. And there was a an odor that gave one to believe that there was a, a gas leak there, which thankfully it was not. It was actually um, had things to do with these the septic. And given the current conditions and the locations that it was, is that carbon um, carbon monoxide, carbon dioxide was put in where we had people at, had, had come in there and caused for many to suffer symptoms. Well, in the abundance of caution of moving, trying to control an emergency event over there, there is always a need for instant communication. And when you have an event that had 2,000 people in it, you've got kids, you've got everyone quietly in, having that communication capability to manage is crucial. And we found a way to um, actually adopt uh, methods using this Google Suites. And it's that. really interesting for, for those who are listening, what they did is they had a spreadsheet 
and the spreadsheet was used in somebody at the now I, this was all taken care of through the fire marshal yes the fire marshal was leading was acting as the commander right because of the type of a emergency type of was. Event and uh, but the fire marshal's office had a opened up a google sheet a, mm-hmm. a, a google spreadsheet right and they were using this spreadsheet and entering data in in real time as everything was going, including a timeline, yes. the breakdown of injuries, what was going on, um, everything that was happening. Departments on scene. Departments that are on scene, the whole nine yards. And the judge, you were, judge, you were at home. I was. But you were able to follow the entire incident in real time by just looking at the sheet exactly and having this um, collaboration ability and this connectivity uh, allows for everyone to be involved that needs to be involved without that extra effort and time consumption of the phone or having more people on the ground technology is allowing us to be more efficient and able to better respond um, not only was it shared with me, it was shared with uh, our dispatchers at the um, sheriff's office so that they know what's happening real time as calls are coming to them and inquiries from the public or other um, public safety. Um, anybody, anybody anybody who needed to know what was going on was given access to the spreadsheet and they could follow along in real time yes. what was happening in Brownsboro without bothering anybody who was on the ground in Brownsboro. Exactly. And actually, we started when the tornado went through Malakoff um, back in March, uh, mm-hmm. April, is actually when we first began to using this to be able to track and uh Thankfully, we had not had an opportunity or a need for it for that purpose again. But by the time we were at the Brownsboro incident, using this type of technology through COVID, through our normal uh, even budget processes, uh, we have become very adept at being able to communicate in a much more efficient manner using technology like this. So when we talk about the broadband stuff and we talk about technology when it comes to the county government, the county government's really got a vested interest in all of this nowadays. We do. I mean, as you watch over time with the, some say the investment, we always heard, well, technology will pay you in the end. Well, if we, if we get this latest, greatest software, for years and years and years, my first 10 years on the court, we never we didn't really get to see that benefit. But now we're moving in 20, 20-something years later, and the technology is starting to pay off. Our investment, not only here, but in other systems, our court management systems, has allowed us to keep our expenses down in labor workforce because of technology impl- implementation. So we can keep taxes down. Exactly. Which is what everybody wants to hear is the bottom line. A better bang for your buck. A better bang for your buck. I just think it's amazing, though, when you talk to me about this, you were able to pop open the spreadsheet, and I can literally look at the spreadsheet and see exactly what happened. Any question you could like want to ask yes. about this particular incident, 
is already collected and ready to go and everybody can look at it and anybody who needs it can have access right. to it. Right, and it gets very exciting when you take this capability, couple it with the upgrade of the emergency communication system. We're also upgrading our emergency management command trailer that the sheriff's trailer uses on site so that we can be very efficient. And of course, that's going to mean, um, can mean saving of lives, saving of property, and just bringing um, relief and comfort to those that need it in time of emergency, all through the use of technology. I just thought that this was uh, an amazing use of a spreadsheet. As a word guy instead of a yeah. numbers guy, I <laughs> stay away from spreadsheets. And that is what really began this. And you'll hear me and Michael go, I'm a numbers guy. He's a word yeah. guy. And sometimes um, things get lost in translation. But what really started this was that we use this in budget and have been using it in budget for five years now because of that collaborative ability where multiple people can be looking at it not only that when you're looking at google suites they have that google meets right which we actually use every tuesday in commissioner's court when we bring the other departments in trying to keep with our covid rules so that um, anyone in audit or um, legal or anyone that needs to be a part of it to keep them out of the room and you'll hear when you if you watch on our youtube channel you'll hear the voices and not see the people because they are interacting through google meets which is just the google suites uh, version of Zoom. Zoom right. Same exactly. thing. If you know what Zoom is, you know what Google Meet is. Yeah. It's the same exact thing. Very, very cool. Um, and we want to transition now. Uh, can't We can't have this podcast without doing our COVID update. Uh, but the one thing I want to talk about when it comes to the COVID update is uh, we've been doing this every week for a few months now. And when I come in, uh, we sit in, in your courtroom instead of your office because you've got your whole system set up, a television screen uh, big enough to watch the Super Bowl on, <laughs> uh, and you put up the uh, spreadsheets and all of that with all the COVID information, which is now available to the public. It is on uh, at our website, henderson-county.com. On the banner, you have a tab that is um, COVID-19 information. And when you click on it, it will take you to our landing for important information about COVID-19. And we are sharing directly from this Google Sheet to the website, the TSA matrix data that right. we have been following for you, months. You can see if you go to their website, like mm -hmm. the judge says, and click on, click on that tab, you can actually see links to the um, exact spreadsheets that we're talking about when we're talking about in here. Um, and that is the uh, hospitalizations because a couple of weeks ago, the governor uh, made a new rule that said um, different areas, an area, the TSA area, specifically trauma service area, there's 22 of them in the state. They are how the state breaks down hospitalizations. Um, as long as your TSA has less than 15% of all hospitalizations being from COVID, 
then your area can remain at the higher opening level, mm-hmm. 75% capacity for restaurants, right. things like that. Right. Um, and so that spreadsheet will let you follow along exactly where we're at. Right. And where we're at right now is still okay. Yes. With a raised eyebrow over the last couple of days. Yeah, you know, as we look now that now that the governor and we joke about this has come along to mind in your way of thinking. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Finally, thank you, Governor Abbott. Yes, uh, we're able to actually point legitimately to the hospitalizations. And when he announced this, there were uh, three TSA areas in South Texas that were under the more restricted reopening because they had not been able to meet seven consecutive days of 15% or less of hospitalizations. There has been one added, which is the Waco area, which is Trauma Service Area M, which if you do go to the um, website and go, if you look at the top of the page, there's a link that takes you to the DH, DSHS website that will give you who's in and who's out according to the state and also there's a link to the tsa map as well but uh, would they have added one more tsa it was originally three now tsa m is now in that as well and if you you just look at that data across you will see those areas that are above the 15 percent are in red we the last three days our tsa f and tsa h which is texarkana area and lufkin area you can see they're into three days now above the 15 percent and of course ours has risen um, slightly along the way as well so it's something as we always say it's not what happens daily it is what the trend, the trend is, is. Um, which is what we have to watch because we've 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 gone up a little and then come back down before, right. uh, but even at that, we're still talking about um, we're still talking about only having hundred and seventy nine hundred and seventy nine people in the hospital due to COVID uh, in an area of nearly a million people. That's right, um, and it has gone up. Uh, uh, it has gone up in the last couple of days, uh, but that's been very common. Go up and down and up, up and down. And down. That's right. We are still well below our high point of uh, in the mid two hundreds. Yeah, two seventy two. Two seventy two, uh, where we were during the height of our problems. Right. But this is this is something we need to keep an eye on. There is a little spike. One of the things you and I had said. Uh, weeks ago is you're looking at uh, the start of school. Yes. And you're looking at Labor Day. Right. And how we react coming out of the start of school and Labor Day is going to go a long way toward telling us what the rest of 2020 is going to look like. Right. And so far, it's been good. So far, it has. I mean, like I said, it will spy. It will come up a little, drop down a little. We have not been moving along this line at this point in time to see anything other than that. Uh, we don't get any real indications that we're going to see a spike at this right. point. But yeah, this is 2020. This is so 2020. Who we, knows? Who knows? So we continue to watch. And now that there is a true matrix that is available to watch we've got that out there for the public via google sheets (laughs) there you go 
All right. Hey, guys, that's what we're going to talk about. That, that wraps up what we want to talk about this week uh, when it comes to your county government. I think it was really kind of an interesting discussion because we talked about not only did we talk about technology and how the county is using technology to better serve the community, but we also talked about uh, the actual broadband connectivity of how we're going to get connected um, to fast, reliable internet. And I think we all know, uh, I get it that the state may be a little slower, Judge, uh, <laughs> but we all know that that truly is um, infrastructure and it, important infrastructure, particularly for economic development. And it is very important, and I don't, don't get me wrong, not knocking on the state, but it's very important that they don't duplicate something that we already have. Sure. There was an instance that was um, spoken to in uh, Tennessee, I believe, where the government there decided they needed to invest in the middle mile we were talking about. And it became proven later that, no, that really wasn't the right location to do it. So sure. um, it takes time and a lot of discussion to truly identify, especially in a state as large as Texas. And as complicated as Texas. Well, amen. Um, which is the other part of that. Um, but there you go, folks. Talk about technology and how it uh, is affecting your county government and what are some of the things that the county government is looking at and using technology for today. Judge, thank you very much for letting us come in and uh, talk to you about the county government, and we'll see you again next week. Thank you.